Welcome to the Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Kenning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special episode. Um, I'm Ben Canning. And I'm Dave Kennedy. And I'm Sean Doherty. Good to have you. Good to have you. This is the Hacking Your Health podcast. So welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Cool. So, Sean, for anybody who doesn't know, well, I'll let you do the intro. You do your own intro. Flipping hell. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, The longer intro for kind of why I'm here would be... Uh, engineer in my early 20s, work in London, diagnosed with cancer at 24, uh, told to get my affairs in order at 26, uh, married at 27, got the all clear 27 tooth from cancer, changed my lifestyle, diet, outlook on life, um, realized the importance of the small things that I was neglecting. And it's been a long road to, yeah, get to where I am now. Went, worked as a wedding photographer for a while, worked as a financial advisor for a while, and then the tools, tips, tricks, and tactics that got me where I am, I now work in trying to give those back to people uh, in a small way. Cool, perfect. I think, you know, obviously you and I have spoken before, and I think one of the things that I got from you is that, you know, the lessons that you've learned along the way, you want to share them and you want to help people sort of I guess not avoid, but how to manage different situations and, and things like that. And I think that's one of the reasons that we were able to connect in and obviously, you know, bringing you within the group and the, you know, the odd weekly group call and things like that. Mm. Yeah, it's been, I, I had to get to a point where I was literally told, look, there's nothing we can do for you. Get your affairs in order before I started realizing that I have some control over um, and. and Anything I say here, I want to preface as well that I was very lucky. I'm very lucky to be here. Uh, and sometimes the situation is just crap. Uh, and there's, you know, I'm not trying to spout any dogma on nutrition and people's cancer journey. I know that there's there's two Irish celebrities got themselves in hot water over claiming that you can just fix anything. There's I had a lot of luck on my side, a lot of great people on my side, uh, several teams of phenomenal doctors on my side, um, and a lot of uh, a lot of people who passed on the other side of the veil looking out for me as well. Um, so I'm well aware of all that, but it took me, it took me literally to get that, that news until I started looking into my own, uh, activities, what input I was putting in and the effect I was having on my own body mindset outcome. And I still remember the first time a lady said to me, she was in her sixties that, you know, every action you've ever taken has led you to be exactly where you are in this moment. And it's kind of like, well, what do you mean by that? She's like, it's your fault. I was like, fucking how dare you? <laughs> and then I you know, went home and sat about this and I was like, well, if it's my fault, it means I can fix it. Whereas if it's not my fault, I'm totally powerless to the situation. And the first conversation I had 
with my, you know, the very first doctor in 2011, you know, I was like, how did I get this? And he just said, bad luck. And there is a degree of that, yes, but I was not living a lifestyle that was conducive to, you know, a healthy 24-year-old. I was really stressed at work. I was working around the clock. And then with that, you think you're allowed to go out Thursday, Friday, Saturday to blow off the steam from that. And then that just perpetrates a downward cycle of poor performance on Monday, which leads to working harder, which leads to more stress, which leads to more partying. And, you know, lo and behold, you're diagnosed with cancer at 24. Many yeah. people get through it. Many people don't have that just the way my body was set up at the time. Uh, you know, I was one of the ones that f fell down. I think, you know, maybe not to, to that extreme. And, you know, I think as well, even, you know, when people say cancer, there's already that, like, it's, it's a, it's a bad word, almost like it's already like it, it carries weight with it. Um, so maybe not to that scale, but I think, you know, anytime that I'm having a call or the majority of the time when I'm having the call, the reason that I'm having that call is because somebody has said something about their health and they're like, you need to do something about this now. And I think, you know, a lot of what I see what you're doing is it's almost trying to not get to the stage where you have to have that conversation and doing things to sort of preempt that and doing the things to sort of, you know, there's a lot of, and I guess even, you know, with Dave, with you, with, with the industry and, you know, we've obviously spoken about this before in terms of like how unhealthy it can be sort of ways that, that we look, that we can sort of begin to help people. So they're not actually getting to the stage where they're like, oh shit, right. I need to do something about this now before it's a shit show. Yeah. Well, I, th I think, uh, you know, Sean, you had a couple of points there around what's very similar in our industry in the security industry, which, you know, you have people that are just, you know, working till two, three, four o'clock in the morning, you know, just working insane amount of hours. And on top of it, you know, they, they release that through partying or through eating or through alcohol or through whatever. And it's that, that continual process that continues to wear our bodies down. And I was in the same boat. I, you know, what, what, kind of got me on my health kick is, you know, I was severely overweight. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was, you know, staying up copious amounts of hours. I wasn't regenerating my body. I wasn't eating right. I was drinking a lot of alcohol. And, um, you know, I had heart surgery at 25 years old. And the doctor said, listen, this is because you're treating your body like shit. And you're not going to be here for your kids unless you start to change your, 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 your lifestyle and how you handle things. And that's really when I started to look at it and say, hey, I probably need to do something here to, to make a change. And, you know, I was fortunate. My was my heart defect, you know, my heart issue that was, you know, um, caused by my weight and a few other things was was fixable, which is great. Um, but a lot of people, I mean, cancer, you know, in, in a lot of cases is, is a death sentence, right? Um, in some cases, it's not. In some cases, it is. Um, so I can't even imagine, you know, going through that and seeing, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not going to make it through this, you know, and then having to, to fight. And to say, hey, maybe I can. I'm going to fight every aspect of this to see if I can actually push through this. And you, you made it through. I mean, tell us a little about that and kind of the experience there, and then kind of how that changed your life because that's that's interesting to me. Yeah, and just just when you say the death sentence, like one of the one of the first things that came to my mind is a conversation I used to have with people, and it's like, look, we're all terminal. I'm I'm just a little bit more terminal than you are, uh, you know. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> It is a death sentence, but it's it's a, just a just a slightly faster death sentence. Um, yeah. So, sorry, I'm going to ask you to rephrase that once again because just with me touching on that, I've, I've completely lost the the, the what what, yeah. what you're looking to get to. You know, as as you're going through that experience of like you know, the doctor's basically saying, "Hey, start getting your affairs in order. You're not going to make it." You know what? What really changed you to have that mindset of I'm going to fight this tooth and nail to the end? And then how did you? 
maintain that through the rest of your life and what you do today? Mm, um, I still remember the first, that night that I, that I was told it. Uh, we were in an apartment in Dublin. The, the hospital have apartments for, you know, I, I, I lived at the time four hours from the hospital, so you could stay there. And I still remember we had a four-star pizza at a can of Fanta, uh, which is an orange fizzy drink, if I don't know if you have that. We, we have, yeah, we have, we have those here. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. I'm like, I have to describe what this is in case they don't yeah, know yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember pressing my back against the radiator. It was scalding, and I would press my T-shirt again until it would get too hot, and then I would come off it, and then I'd press back too hot, and, come, and it was like that feeling of, yeah, I, I'm feeling this. And literally the next day, it was a, there must be people who've been in my situation before. Who've, you know, I can't be the only person on planet Earth and very fortunate to live in an age where you can literally just type something into a, you know, a computer and you find forums, you find hundreds of people. So the first thing I did was I, uh, I you know, it, this, you know, you're bordering into woo-woo territory for some people, but I went and got my tested for, you know, foods that, didn't work for me. So cut out dairy, cut out wheat, cut out sugar almost instantly. Noticed a huge uptake in energy from that. And that was like, oh, wow. Okay. So what I'm, and, and the lady described it to me as if you take, you've got a hundred energy units a day. If you're eating food that isn't designed for your body, you're wasting 30 energy units just to process the food that you're putting in. So you're starting at 70 before you even, before you even start the race, you're at 70%. Whereas if you're eating stuff that your body's designed to, you know, good, healthy food, that's actual food, then you're coming at a hundred points and you're, you're out of the gate, you've more energy. Um, there was no one thing, uh, there's, there's been loads and loads and loads of really, really small things. And it was, for me, it was the realization of everything I do is moving the needle Me mentally for me. It felt like I was, you know, when I was eating broccoli, it's like, I, I'm, this is moving the needle when I was eating. Like I, I don't eat meat anymore. At the time I, I did a stage of just meat and vegetable and wheatgrass and juices. And that was, that was the first time I seen any noticeable change in my scans. Um, and I'm not one to say one day, like there's, there's, if you, there's tons of people have cured illnesses with meat and there's tons of people have cured illnesses. Just find what works for you and go with that. Because if you want evidence for whatever diet you're on, you're going to find it. And if you want evidence to disprove whatever diet you're on, you're going to find it. Um, so whatever works for you, that's the one I would say, go with, uh, I'm not here to try and convince anybody of anything. And it was really small steps that you would see through a little improvement in energy. And a big thing that I struggled with for the longest time was I went from 96 kilos, which in pounds is, I don't know, 200, 210. Ish. Yeah. Around about that. Yeah. Yeah. To 73. And I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to drop what's 73. Like 160, 160, 165. Yeah. So I am like, I'm six, just I'm a whisper under six, four. So in the space of a year, I lost that and that has a real uh, it has quite an effect on your ego and how you perceive yourself whenever you look one way for five or six years and then in the space of a year you're a shadow of a person and i still have those photos that i look at you know i look back at that person and how he was struggling and um but just day by day by day and the first time i got into goal setting and putting things down i would write down you know i am 94 kilos in weight i don't take any injections. I did it. I don't. 
and I haven't weighed in a long time, but I'm sitting at about 92, 93 at the minute, um, slow and steady comeback. And it has really been, whenever you say how it worked through, I went, I went obsessive. Like, I mean, if there was, I remember going to a restaurant at home where, you know, it's quite, you know, you get, you get, it's a local family restaurant. So you just get everything thrown at you all the side from And I looked at the menu. I was like, there's nothing here I can have. It's like, give me salmon. I don't want any sauce. I don't want, like, the potatoes are creamed. It's like, just salmon. And they're like, we, we must give you something. And I was like, nope, just, I just want the salmon. I didn't take any sauces. I didn't take, I remember at Christmas, people said, you know, will you have chocolate? And I said, if I'm alive next Christmas, I'll have chocolate. It's like this Christmas, and at Christmas dinner, I had turkey. I had potatoes, just straight potatoes. I had like, green juice. And that, that was how I lived for, you know, a, a long time. And then as I started getting through uh, different treatment and got, you know, got the all clear in May, I actually spent the night in hospital when I got the all clear because I went into shock because I just wasn't expecting it. And the reason those exam those, those uh, scans were taken was because my bloods were you know, all over the place. And then mentally really struggled after getting the all clear. So seen a counselor and she was saying, look, you're exactly where you're meant to be. Typically speaking, what you see is during the fight, you're so focused on the fight that that's okay. And then you come through the far side and it's like, what the hell do I do now? <laughs> Kind of like a, you know, yeah. I imagine what a lot of people who do a 12-week transformation go through. It's like, shed the weight, get cut. Congratulations, now you're on your own. Oh, fuck, what do I do now? Well, I have to so, imagine the mindset there, I mean, of, of not thinking you can win to, oh, my God, I can beat this, to I actually beat it is has got to be just a roller coaster of emotions and on everything. Because, I mean, you're, you're all in. I mean, you're, you're 100% all in. Now, what do you do now that, that, that you've, 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 you've won, right? Yeah, and, and, and that was it. And it was very much like a, really, I, I wish I took more notes at the time because I, I just really bad place. And the, um, the therapist was saying, she says, look, what got you here isn't going to get you there. It's like the level of strictness you've been with yourself is actually going to end up holding you back. It's like, you know, you need, you need to bring in give and take. You need to learn to let go every so often. And I do. I let go loads, but then whenever I like look at the bigger picture, like a bad, you know, a bad week's eating might be, you know, two ice creams of the weekend, um, and and it's a strange mental thing where I have this belief that for it to be effective, it has to be hard, because as I've got, you know, obviously now I'm years into this and I know how to cook and I know how to feed myself and I know it's it's easier, uh, because whenever I stopped eating meat, the first thing for me was like, well, what the fuck do I eat? <laughs> Because this is all I had for 26 years was meat, potatoes, meat, potatoes, pasta, meat, eggs, sausages, cornflakes and milk in the morning. And then like literally overnight, like, right, no meat. I had a clue what to eat. So it took me a long well, you time can, to... You can also eat extremely unhealthy as being a vegetarian. I was vegetarian for six years and uh, it was some oh. of the heaviest that I actually was, was when I was a vegetarian, you know what I mean? You get into pastas and everything else and breads. And I mean, you know, just because you're a vegetarian doesn't mean, you know, hey, you're living a, left, a healthy lifestyle. It's, it's really about what you eat. And, you know, as you said, it can be hard, uh, you know, to, to get through that uh, that piece there. Yeah, for sure. And there's there's so many vegetarian, vegans, 
And it's it, it's kind of like this fad, or not fad, but you know when you see gluten free, oh, it must be healthy. It's like you can eat plenty of crap when it's gluten free. Right. Oh <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like like one, one of the things that really helped me was, um, and this was whenever I was still eating meat. It was like your food should be ingredients. It shouldn't have ingredients. And, and yeah. that that you know that just in itself was. And I think it's well, a powerful. It, yeah. That that's a powerful statement. Your food shouldn't be made of ingredients it should be the ingredients that you're eating yeah. right yeah 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 uh and one of the things as well was whenever i so whenever i did that i became hyper aware of the packaging in the shop it's like everything's yellow everything's bright everything's it's like because whenever you're literally shopping at the produce and you know the organic meats or salmons and that's it and you're growing sprouts and you're growing wheatgrass you become aware of wow and then you look at you know, if you can't pronounce it, don't consume it. <laughs> yeah. Which is a, again, like I, I now I will have the occasional, you know, the sausage sandwich, vegan sausage, and, and it's you're lying busted for half an hour afterwards, or for four hours afterwards. You know, I still now know I can gauge by what I eat if it's good for me or not. You know, I'll have the. The, like I still have goat's cheese. That's one thing I will. I just I'm not giving it up. <laughs> Life's too short to not have goat's cheese. So, so funny story on the goat's cheese. We went on vacation uh, just recently to Grand Cayman, and they had this quattro formaggi pizza that my kids ordered, and it had goat cheese on there. And my wife is like, "Hey, make sure you don't get the goat cheese on there. The kids won't like that." And I'm like, "No, no, no. They got to experience it. They'll love it." And it had goat cheese on there, and none of them would eat the pizza. So, <laughs> I'm a big fan. I think it's a, like a development thing. Like I think it's yeah, a, it's uh, like a sour cheese for... is the best way you know. But yeah, it's, yeah. I, I liked it. But the kids, uh, they're like, no, not not eating this. So yeah. like, okay. where, where, where my love for it came was after after the transplant, I lost taste for months. I, you know, so really strong flavors was the only thing I could get flavor from. So disgusting things that i'd be like oh i can actually taste this <laughs> so then and then as the taste came back then i still had that palate still kind of a, yeah 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 that's funny well there's uh, there's some science behind it too of how you can train your body to like certain things and uh you know how the more you eat it you know the more you eat things that you don't like the more that you start to develop an actual taste that you like and granted if you're like this is miserable every single time and you're crying you're not going to enjoy it but uh i mean it's it's amazing the foods that we start to like over time that we yeah. probably didn't like when we were kids or whatnot goodness <laughs> beer yeah. liquor you know coffee no, it's not guinness it's actually uh in america it's an irish car one they just don't drink a fucking pint of guinness <laughs> <laughs> it's bastardized with other we shit do we go no we go we go we always go above and beyond and that's, that's that's what america's about so instead of just having guinness you're doing a shot on top of guinness so 110 yeah. percent dave that's right that's right all the time <laughs> yeah and then it was you know, finding my feet, noticing energy slowly coming back, um, had to be really strict around sleep was a big one because I just didn't have, I was so fed up of having to sleep for three or four hours during the day. So I'd find myself, I write bed early and then I get up and then I can get a full day. Um, and it, it really wasn't, there was no one day where it's like, ah, oh, I've got energy. You just notice, I used to keep a log of, okay, it's been four weeks since I've been in hospital, it's been five weeks, it's been six, and then, okay, got an infection, back in, shit, clear that again. And that was a long time where you get to a year out, get to, you know, two years out. Um, and that's, 
like even where I am now, some of the things that come up for me and I have it written on my whiteboard in the gym is that you owe it to you. It's like I have a photo of me at 73 kilos, sick as a dog. Um, and my sister, like her oldest child, May is eight this year. And she didn't want to tell me she was pregnant because she just thought I wouldn't be alive to see the birth of May. So whenever May became, you know, she was born, it's like, okay, well, there's my goal. I've got to see May on her first day of school. And then just little, little, you know, stupid games with yourself that you play. Like you're, most people are competitive and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to see if I can do this. But it's that like every time I complain about something that I couldn't do, I'm insulting that person. Um, seriously insulting them. Like I had to stop and catch my breath walking upstairs. My first date with my wife, we had to stop so many times. I just didn't have that breath to do it. Um, and that can be applied to any situation. Like maybe you're not insulting someone from your past, but at some point, whatever you're doing today, you're not going to be able to do it. Um, so if you're dreading the gym, you know, there will come a point where you will wish you could only do the things that you're complaining about today. And every time you complain about it, you are like, I, I really mean it. Insult, you're insulting either the past or the future version of yourself. Well, I think that, what, what, what you're explaining there too, you know, obviously a, a, a pretty substantial shift in your life based on, you know, the cancer and everything you went through, you know, near death and all that stuff. But it's also the same thing that we talk about on a regular basis here on the podcast, which is, you know, you talk about whole foods, for example, you know, Ben is a huge proponent of at least 80% whole foods, things that have, you know, one or two ingredients, uh, you know, that you could pronounce, yeah. um, you know, uh, getting out there and going to the gym and being active and looking at your past and saying, you know, this is who I was yesterday, but it, it's not who I have to be tomorrow. And having that, that long-term mindset of, hey, if I'm going to continue to live a, life, uh, a healthy lifestyle, maybe that ticker that, you know, is a certain date is pushed back a bit, right? And, and maybe I'm here longer for my kids, or maybe I'm here longer for my family, or maybe, you know, by cutting out dairy or whatever, you know, else you start to understand, hey, now I have more energy to be active with my kids, uh, to go out there and to go to hit the hit the gyms. So those those small and I, and I say they're small changes, they're actually big changes in the grand scheme of things. But the small changes that we implement, I like how you answered that too. you said, you know, it wasn't one thing. It was a, a multitude of small things that I did over time that led me to who I am today and where, I, where I'm going and where I've been. And I think that's the, the thing that people, I think, fail to realize is that we always see these fad diets or we see, hey, lose 15 pounds tomorrow. You're not going to be happy when you lose 15 pounds. You're just going to gain that, those pounds back and you're still not going to be happy with, you know, your routine or your health or anything else out there. So it's these small changes that we make incrementally over time that have such a monumental and catalyst impact on us uh, in the future. And I always look back at my old self of, you know, 320 pound Dave. And, you know, I like that guy. He was an awesome guy. He's not who I am today. And I'm sure, you know, Dave that then is going to be like, damn, dude, you look great today. You know, like, that's awesome. You know, congratulations. Uh, and that's, you know, to, to insulting your past, you know, that, that, that person then is going to be like, I can't believe you're where you're at today. That's incredible. Nice work. You know? And so, you know, I always look back at old Dave and I'm like, I love old Dave. Like, that's who I was. That was me. That's who, who made me who I am today. But it's not who I am today because I've put the things into place to allow me to be who I want to be and continue to grrow in that journey, right? Yeah, and, and that really speaks to one of the things that at the, at the time I struggled with and then you get the lesson, you know, the lesson always comes after the event for whatever reason, whatever way the game's rigged. Yeah. Um, so I would, you know, be like, okay, I'll 
be this weight by this date. By Christmas, I'll look like this. I'll have... And the date would come and go, and I would have been in hospital two or three times, and you just get disheartened and disheartened. But now that I look back, it's it's much more important to be concerned about the direction you're facing than the speed you're going. Um, so it's like, are you roughly pointed towards where you want to be in 10 years? You know, we're, it's that cliche of we underestimate what we can do in a year versus, you know, way we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in 10. It's like, look, if you just turn up two or three days a week, eat 80% actual food, and that, that's another one of my favorite things I've ever heard. It's like, there's no such thing as junk food. There's junk and there's food. Um, and then are you pointed in the right direction? And know that a Saturday blowout once every two months doesn't derail you. Are you just facing in that right direction? And if you are, just keep moving one step at a time and you're going to get there. It's so so really quick, uh, Ben, you're going to see on the check-in on Sunday that, that <laughs> I definitely... Uh... <laughs> but I think... I think... There's, there's a lot to be said about that. And even with you, Dave, like, I think that, you know, the lessons that come with knowing that you can not get away with, but you can go and enjoy things and it's not the fucking end of the world because, yeah. you know, I remember times that you would, something would have happened that, you know, you would have been out or, you, you know, people over for dinner or poker night or whatever, and you would have overconsumed on calories and then you're fucking freaking out the next day. Yeah. And it's like, number one, you think that you're going to wake up and be big Dave again. And number yeah. two, you feel like, all the all the habits and all the the sort of routines that you've built up over the six months or year, however long it's been, that we're go away together, are away all of a sudden yeah. because of one day, and you're sort of you're almost like uh, bringing back yourself back to that identity of the person that you were before. When in actual fact, it's fine because you know we don't need to go and fucking murder ourselves and doing sixty minutes of the virtual climb. I'm like, why don't we just not do that and we just draw a line <laughs> in the sand and move move forward from today. Well, I think that was one of the biggest things for me to to recognize from a mental perspective is that all of the, and I, I want to call them habits because they are my lifestyle. It's my habits of what I do today. So my habits of going and working out, my habits of going out and, and getting my, my steps in and walking in the park or my habits of what I eat from a nutrition perspective, my habits of counting calories. Like those are all things that I've developed as far as habits that now that they're habits, they're actually very difficult to break. Like I noticed when I, I just went on vacation to Grand Cayman, the first thing I did is I found where they had a 24, before I even got there, I found where they had a 24 hour access gym. I already bought a membership. You know, I was able to go and, and, and do my routines because it's my habit. I need a place to go and lift while I'm on vacation. It's not that, it's not that I don't want to sit there and relax, but to me, going to the gym is part of my way as brushing my teeth is, as putting my deodorant on. So it's just breaking those habits is actually becoming more difficult uh, to do then, you know, going back and reverting to, to my old self. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, this weekend, you know, kids had a great, great tournament. So I, we went out and got some ice cream and I'm probably over by four or 500 calories on my Sunday. It didn't. Was it Cold Stone? Did you go to Cold Stone? It was Cold Stone. It was Cold Stone. Yeah. Okay. It was Cold Stone. I get it. That's okay. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> we, we, we've decided that it doesn't count in your calories. It's yeah, just I agree. It's just, I yeah. absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, those, but those times to enjoy are, are things that, you know, you're going to have. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, if you're, if you have six months where you're doing great and out of there you've had five or ten days that you, you, you've you you know eaten something different that you normally wouldn't have, that's, that's fine in the grand scheme of things, right? And I think that's the, the big thing that people miss is that they have to be super stringent all the time, and that's not the case. You know, We can live our lives and enjoy food and enjoy things that we do out there. Um, it's just the habits that we build around the long-term side of the house that becomes the most important. Yeah, and and, the impo and what you talk, touched on identity and like I, I used – like I would have joked about cancer and joked about 
like my my Twitter handle was Chancer Patient, Chancer with a hitch. And it's like I still like one of the days I was texting a friend, and it's like I'm done. I do not identify with that human anymore. Like change the Twitter handle, threw out clothes. It's like nope. And that's yep. uh, I remember I had a conversation with a cousin and a good friend. And it's like, look, when you get through this, you don't hang around with cancer patients. You don't, you know, you don't talk the stuff they talk because there's just forums full of people talking about the treatments they had. And this is that it's like, get around healthy people. What are they talking about? What are they consuming? What are they putting into their bodies? Because the chatter you're talking to yourself, like the, the subconscious doesn't register humor. It just accepts it plain flat out for what it is. Uh, and the importance of that identity. This is what I do. This is who I am. Yep. It's not a. It's not a challenge to do it. It's, you know, it's a challenge not to do it. Yeah, I think had it. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Go then. No, I think that that you know the identity thing is a big one, and I, I see it in clients all the time that they you know and Dave, I mean you, you're exactly the same. I can use you as an example because you're here, obviously. But you know you struggled to back well back at the start. You struggled to identify not as as old Dave or former Dave or big Dave or whatever fucking Dave you want to call him. And it's like now you're this person, and I notice it in Chris as well. Like I was there, I was literally there with him, and I could see him like catch himself whenever we were chaining in the mirror. And he's like, he almost can't believe that the person in the mirror is him, and he still sees himself as the person he is before. So like. That's obviously, you know, we've spoken about mindset and stuff like like that before, but overcoming that, and even I guess for myself, I guess I can talk from my own, um, you know, my own experience. Like I did a post recently about when I used to be a pisshead, and there's a picture of me with like a bottle of Hennessy and a bottle of Jägermeister, and I always would have looked back negatively on that. But again, you know, same as you're both talking about experience there, like I wouldn't be this person right now if I hadn't been that person. Like I wouldn't have had that. Well, wouldn't have had the same experiences, let's say, but that led me to here to be able to have the conversations that I have, to be able to have the sort of perspective that I have. And I guess that, you know, you can always look back on, on those things as a negative, but if you have the right perspective, I wouldn't be here for being that, wouldn't be this person if it wasn't that person. So it leads me into to the next conversation. So, so Sean, you know, you, you focus very much on, on mental health and, and focus on breathing and all these different areas. What led you into that? And give us a little bit of background about where you're at today and how you help others because i think that's important because i you know my first experience with you was going through that that breathing journey that we did uh adventure didn't, I guess truth, right no tell the truth you didn't you weren't up for it you were like this is going to be some woo -woo shit so, i'm like yeah i was i was i was i was you know like when you when you when you do something that you've never done before right you know you're you're always skeptical as a human being as it in general and you know when ben's like we're gonna have a, a breathing coach come on and, and talk through you know or walk working through like a breathing journey or adventure or whatever and i was like the hell is this like you know like you know the, i think Fucking like the week hippies. before yeah, yeah pretty much i'm like we're gonna get some weed here afterwards or something I mean, you know but uh uh you know the, i think like the week before ben had somebody that was talking about like uh menstrual cycles and women and i'm like i'm like what the, what did i join here what is going on and uh but uh you know i was actually really blown away by by the experience and it was one of those things where you know, I, at first I was like, okay, let's just go through this and get it over with. And then I came out with it with like, wow, this, this was incredible. Like I actually had a really good time with it. I felt, you know, a, a mixture of emotions, you know, everything from, you know, craziness, chaos to relaxation and, and neutrality of my mind. So, you know, talk a little bit about what you do, because I think it's important for those to understand, like there are things that we can do in our own bodies with ourselves that, that can completely change our perspectives on everything, you know? And it's, it's just, to me, I thought it was a, 
an awesome experience. Second time around, the same exact thing, you know, amazing experience. So, you know, a little bit of background would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, how, how I got into the, well, the breath work and meditation and, and that side of things. Uh, at the time, I was taking EPO once a week. I was taking Nupogen twice a week. Nupogen is a, a, an injection that artificially boosts your immune system. So uh, my platelets were shockingly low. My bone marrow just wasn't performing. They were talking about doing a, a second experimental stem cell transplant under a specialist team in London. We actually had an apartment booked. We had different things looked at. We had a boat booked because I couldn't fly. And I was out walking on a Sunday morning. And at this stage, I think it was about 2018, Wim Hof had come up in different pod, like I'd sort of heard Tim Ferriss reference him and I heard, you know, he was kind of this, he was on the radar, but no idea what it was. So Sunday morning, put on episode 712 of Joe Rogan and was just walking around outside. And he was talking about how we can influence our, you know, the bone marrow, we, we can influence different things within our body. And my wife is a doctor. So I, I came in and played the section that I was listening to. And it broke down the bone marrow and the T cells and the influencing of this and that. And just about it, you know, I, I don't know the medical nomenclature to go into it. And she was like, that's exactly your issue. That's, that's, that's what's causing your problems. Your bone marrow is not firing. And at the time I was getting recurring uh, radiotherapy, sort of, I don't really grow a beard on the side of my face from radiotherapy. And, uh, so I was having recurring sinus infections uh, because of what I'm going to be a very small bit of flame in the back of my head that would lead to a small head cold, which would lead to a drip down to my chest, chest infection. You end up in hospital for 10 days and antibiotics. It physically sets you back. And then more importantly, it mentally sets you back because it's that identity again of, oh shit, I am someone who gets sick. And that's, that's a hard thing to break. So listen to this and like literally that day full gung-ho into full breathing sessions cold showers standing <gasps> no idea what i was all doing. in all in oh, just, like uh, this feels amazing i'm gonna do it um downloaded the app downloaded the 10-week course went through that and with the daily breath work what i noticed was every morning i was clearing my sinuses oh you know i didn't even realize there's stuff there so I realized after 10 15 weeks like i haven't had a sinus infection since i started doing this because i'm clearing things out um, and from the post transplant, I have a, I have a condition called graft versus host disease. So that is where my donors cells fight my cells. So it's graft, my sister cells, I'm the host and they, they clash. So the idea being that because my body grew cancer, it doesn't recognize it as foreign. Whereas the donor cells do recognize it as foreign. So they will, you know, annihilate it. But the downside being is that they can also just wipe out your kidneys, your liver, everything else. Same reason a liver transplant will be on tacrolimus or immune suppressants for the rest of their life. So the body accepts the liver. Just going to have a drink of water. So one of the side effects I get with that, it's rashes in the side of my body, uh, which are quite painful. No, I tell a lie, we're quite painful. And this is one of those things, again, for perspective, I was feeling sorry for myself and I Googled a few forums and I came off there within five minutes. I was like, okay, I am super fortunate. These are my side effects. There's people who have really, really, really challenging side effects with this. And it's just like, ah, oh, shit. Okay. Stop complaining. So about a month into taking cold showers, I decided to treat myself on a Saturday to a warm shower. Came out of the warm shower and was like, Ooh, there's that stinging that I haven't felt in a very long time. 
and realized, ah, hold on, what's happening here? So I realized I could suppress and help my rashes and skin condition by cold showers. Then went to an in-person Wim Hof workshop, and this guy was trained in other breath modalities. So we had a full hour-long experience, much similar, a little more aggressive than the one we would have had. And I, much like yourself, I was like, what the hell was that? What have I just experienced? You know, he didn't really tee us up. Did he just, he just lie down and start breathing. I was like, whew. So that took me down a rabbit hole of wanting to learn more about breath work and the techniques. So signed up with Patrick McKeown in Galway uh, and the Auction Advantage, ex- thinking that this was the, you know, the, the keys to the magic kingdom of breath work. And this was fully science-based, fully sports-based, performance breathing, how you should be breathing during the day, how you should be breathing at night, the importance of nasal breathing. And I was like, I didn't fucking sign up for this. I was like, I want the, I want the trippy stuff. <laughs> and then realized very quickly that, okay, this is actually really important. And the real turning point for me is that I don't really produce saliva. Uh, it's, a, again, a chronic, just an after effect. So I've had teeth issues and gum recession and different things. And I was just told, look, a dry mouth is what you're going to have to, you know, just put up with it. It's what you're going to do. So every morning I'm waking up with a super dry mouth, knowing that like that's affecting my teeth and gums. So one of the things Patrick McCone talked about was if you wake up with a dry mouth, you should be taping your mouth at night. I was like, okay, this is pretty fucking mental, but I'll give it a go. Tape my mouth. I haven't had a dry mouth in two years. Um, noticed that when I was training through my nose, I would find I would sweat more, obviously, because I'm not pushing all my flipping, you know, my oxygen out through my mouth. It's coming, it's not coming out through my pores. Then from that, that led, so I got the science, accidentally got the science in the background, basically breathing, then moved on, found a training for the Alchemy of Breath, which was the, the team I trained with. They're based, they're, they're based globally, headquartered in Hong Kong, I think. Um, and that led me on a quite a journey. It was an eight-month personal journey of you know a little bit of breath work and a lot about your own dealing with your own shit that you kind of bottle up. But I think as a lot of men, we tend to do that anyway. Uh, I was working as a financial advisor at the time, and long story short, uh, moved careers. Then the career I switched to, the company went belly up, and I just took that as a sign from the universe to get moving on you know, putting the good stuff out there with breath work, with meditation. Uh, and then the 555 Club, which is the, the core of the business at the minute, that that was never really meant to be a, a business. That was meant to be a, a free offering for people to bring them to breath work, to bring them to the importance of that. Uh, the reviews from that started coming in from people of, you know, really affected by it. So it's, it's literally live calls with five minutes, of medit- or five minutes of breath work, five minutes of meditation, five minutes of gratitude journaling. I got contacted by a local mental health organization. They asked, you know, could I do this in person? Ended up doing a few sessions in person. That led to more sessions, led to more reviews, uh, turned into more work. And then got to the point of, okay, much the way Ben on the gym floors, it's amazing. But Ben can't coach people in America on the gym floor. So it was like, how do I, how do I scale this? How do I get to more people? And then put a plan together, moved it all onto Zoom. It now runs five times a day, five times a week. We've had everywhere from Tennessee to the, I think Tennessee, uh, Vancouver is as far west as we've been, and the Philippines is as far the other way as we've been. Um, just people dropping in from different businesses, different coaches, different um, 
yeah, literally everything from sports coaches to businesses to sales teams. Uh, it's yeah, quite a quite a wide birth of people tuning in to, to breathe, to meditate, and to express gratitude. It's been it's quite powerful. I think it's great that you know, obviously that came from your experience and your journey and, and wanting to learn and things like that. Obviously the the reason that I got in contact is is for the trippy stuff, as you say, and you know Anytime I try to describe it, and even I've, I've done this on calls with clients, and like Sean's coming in next week, and for people who haven't heard, I'm like, where do I even fucking start with this? So I'll say, like, you know, number one, actually, you know, to you, like, I, w- I would actually like to bring you on the call and do the like day to day breathing stuff, because I think that obviously we all do it every single day, all day, but to do it actually properly, to, you know, in different situations or with different feelings or with different emotions, what way you should breathe and how you can actually control and handle that is, is obviously one side of it. But the good shit is is the unlocking the keys to the kingdom is the way that I describe <laughs> it. And it is it is like nothing I have ever experienced before. It is the most outer body experience. Like if you fully, fully commit to it, and I try and get this to the guys, it's like, you know, you come in and you half-ass it, and you're not really paying attention or whatever. But if you fully go all in on that, you know, it was like 40, 45 minutes, whatever mm-hmm. it is, like what you can come out the other side is is from just your breathing is like something insane like i like i was literally in, and i think you remember like i was in tears the last time that we we had the call and i was like i'm not really an emotional guy but clearly i was i was literally not here and i was like what the like what the fuck has happened but i think yeah. you knew all obviously from controlling and managing your breathing mm. there's, there's there's so much you can touch on from getting a grip in a stressful situation which is like the example that this isn't fluffy shit is that the seals are trained in this and like they're not known to be fluffy. over cuddly, fluffy gentlemen. Um, I knew I knew quite a few of those folks, and they're definitely not uh, fluffy yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other, like the, the 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 trippier side of stuff, like that goes back thousands of years. But most recently, where where it kind of started coming more Western was there was a doctor Stan Groff, and he was treating Vietnamese. Uh, ex-vets for PTSD with LSD and having phenomenal results with that. Obviously, LSD got outlawed, so that shut down his work there. And he looked for a, you know, how do I stimulate a similar effect without going illegal? And he came up with what's called holotropic breathing, which is three hours of the most intense breath. You'll, you know, you come out like it is, it is breath work. Um, but then he started finding yet really powerful way of getting the emotions out, you're bypassing that thinking brain, you're getting into the body and letting it out. And then the breath work that we do, the conscious connected breathing is a much more gentle form of that. It's like, it was described once of like holotropics kicking the door down. Uh, this breath work is trying to pick the lock. You're just, you know, and I want to kick the door down stuff. Now I am like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to kick the door down. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really powerful. And for anyone who's listening, it's literally, you can't explain it until you've gone through it. Yeah, but yeah it's, I think um, anything from pure joy and happiness to quite challenging situations to, you know what, that was a nice 30, 40 minutes of lying down, listening to music with some guy talking to me here. And that, that is literally the range you can have. Yeah, I think, and I mean, you know, I, I had experience with it before and probably something similar. Like I was a bit skeptical to what Dave was saying. Uh, it was a long time ago, but I was like, I, I could see the benefits of it. And I was like, if I, again, if I fully commit to this, I know that I can, I can get a lot more from it, but you're right. Like there's, there's no way to describe it 
without yeah. going through it. And I guess, you know, and you say this, you know, everybody experience, everybody's experience is different. There could have been 20 people on the call and every single person on the yeah. call had a different journey, a different experience, but we were all going through the same, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And your journey will be different every time. That's like, you could do the same playlist, the same words at the same time, one week apart and it'll be night and day. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, uh, what are some, what are some of the, the main health benefits, you know, from those types of breathing exercises, you know, obviously you had some benefits specifically that were for you. Um, what, what has been known as far as the benefits of this and, and kind of the impact it has on somebody? If you're, if you're doing the hour long conscious connected breathing, if it's purely for health reasons, you're there for me, that is more a, an emotional discharge and emotional release clearing. Um, I've, I've one guy books and calls, and he uses it to switch off his thinking brain and he sits with a journal afterwards and he gets ideas for his business. And that's literally what the, what it is. Um, for health benefits, I would look more, and it comes down again to what are you looking to achieve? What's your, what's your goal here? Uh, I want to be able to beat Ben on, uh, on a deadlift. So <laughs> on rack pulls, <laughs> I've, got just, I've, got, I've, got, I've got just the breath for you. <laughs> Contact me afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we got some key codes. <laughs> it's the way whenever I was doing a lot more of the functional breathing, the way I described it was like, look, you can look for high performance and you can look for all these hacks and tips and tricks. But literally the one thing you're doing every minute of every day is breathing. And if you're not breathing efficiently, if you're not breathing to maximize your performance, if you're, if you're not, you know, there's no neutral, like anything, you're either breathing to hinder yourself or you're breathing to, you know, improve yourself in terms of efficiency, in terms of the situation you're in. So which one are you doing? Um, and it's looking about addressing that first largest foundation of the, of the pyramid. It's the one thing we all do. So it's not going to be sex. And that's one of the things when people approach me about doing the, you know, the functional breathing is like the first thing I'll say is like, here's the reason people don't do this. It's fucking hard work. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's challenging. It's, you know, you, you, you'll feel like you've been running, sprinting flat out and you're just walking around your kitchen, holding your nose. It's flipping challenging. Um, but it's important work. Yeah, I yeah. think, you know, like it's, it's something obviously that, that we take for granted, you know, we've done it all our life without, without even thinking about it. And I think, you know, for me, the interesting thing, and I, I guess probably for a lot of people listening, is, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, if you, if you're in tune with what you need to do or how you need to manage your breath in certain situations, whether it's a stressful situation or whether you're feeling like this, or even whether it's just, if you're in the gym, knowing how to train, you know, or knowing how to breathe while you're training or while you're doing a certain movement, like you, you know that you can get those 1% more if you're breathing in the right way, whenever you're training in a specific way. And I think for me, I, I would like to, yes, okay. I like the unlocking the keys of the kingdom and the emotional side of it and whatever else, but for me to do that work, to, to have an understanding of how to do it. And I do, I have a, uh, Oak meditation app. And if I know that I'm, you know, busy mind and I'm going to struggle to get to sleep, there is a lot of like breath work in it. It's like a, it's like a 10 minute practice. And then there's like a 30 minute, like we reinforced shit going on in the background. But even that, like, I know that just that alone of me controlling my breathing works yeah. for me to, to go to sleep and anybody who struggles to sleep, like I would always recommend, you know, being able to manage your, your breathing and that from. But that was like, for me, one of the biggest switches in, you know, and I say performance lightly, because I assure you, you know, it's not, it's more, uh, I don't know what the layman term for my performance in a gym is, but I always believe like, you know, whenever you're 
busted and you're trying to get more air in, like obviously breathe more. I think that is that that's probably the least efficient way you can breathe whenever you're trying to recover. Is like carbon dioxide is the most important thing when you're trying to recover because carbon dioxide lets your oxygen get out of the blood and get to your cells. So whenever you slow your breathing right down to the point of where it's like, oh shit, this is uncomfortable, your body's like, fucking breathe, Ben. <laughs> At that point, you're putting the carbon dioxide up, which is letting oxygen be released from the blood into the cells, into the muscles, into the tissues. Do that for six or seven breaths and then bring your breath back to normal. And you're actually, you're improving your recovery, you're improving your performance, you're able to go faster. Um, so you almost do the opposite of what you naturally yeah. think that you should do. Yeah. So, so, so what yeah. you're saying is when I'm gasping for air and I'm just like, <sighs> I should I calm that down a little bit and, uh, you know, let, let the, yeah. the process take hold with, with. Whenever I'm training with weights, I don't worry about it then at all. You know, follow the usual in and out breath. And then it's yeah. whenever I finish a set and I'm sitting on the bench, it's like, can I minimize my breath through my nose for six or eight breaths? And like your body's like, fuck, it's like, this is horrible. And then it's like, just breathe normally. Because you're just I, uh, pushing up that carbon dioxide, you're letting the oxygen get out to where it needs to be. Because it's well and good having highly oxygenated blood, but it's your cells and tissues and muscles that need it. Um, I remember, I remember there. I, I listened. I think it was like one of the podcasts uh, before, and uh, they had talked about try doing your cardio sessions just breathing through your nose. And I actually tried that a couple times, and I gave up after like two weeks. But um, it was tough. Like it is mm -hmm. extremely tough. But I, it's doable. It's 100% doable. I noticed, you know, just just even a short period of time of two weeks, that I was able to go longer and keep my heart rate down um, as I'm going through and doing that, which I thought was really interesting. So, you know, I ended up I ended up breathing more through my mouth again. Um, but uh, it's 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 a tough thing to, to. But it's something that if you're conscious of, I think you recognize. And you start getting into those habits and cycles. It makes a big difference. One of the the biggest breathing things that I started doing that has actually made a really big impact in my life is that uh, after a lifting session. Your body doesn't know that it's done with a lifting session and it's still kind of all geared up and jacked up and, you know, full cutie, you know, your mind's going crazy your your body's in a, in a, you know, in a tense mode. And so, you know, sitting down and laying on your back and going through a breathing exercise for five to 10 minutes um, shuts that, that me mechanics down of your body and, and puts you into a relaxed state. Because what I was finding is like my body would be in that, that crazy mode for, for several hours and then I'd crash energy wise halfway through the day. And just by incorporating a little bit of breathing after my workout period, completely kept my my energy levels normalized throughout the entire day, and has really helped out with my training program too. I think again, what you're describing there, there's a lot of really powerful stuff. It's like you, you're physically telling your body, "Look, we're not under attack. I'm not trying to yep. change your shape. I'm not it's like we're relaxed. We can chill." And, yep. and breathing is the only tool you have to do that. And what you talked about, like there, there's different beliefs or some people saying you should, unless you're an elite athlete you should be nasal breathing all the time and then there's the gears model which is like if you're starting out nose nose and then as it gets more challenging nose mouth and then as you're at the peak challenge mouth mouth and then you'll notice as you come back down again when you can comfortably nose nose that that's effectively your natural heart rate monitor okay i'm ready to go let's go because uh, your, your nose won't let you push yourself into that high 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 exertion because you just can't you just can't get the oxygen in or the air in isn't there something about uh, and and pardon me if this sounds stup stupid and it's not true at all, but I thought I had heard that you know breathing through your nose actually creates more oxygen in your lungs based on how uh, how it like, keeps the pressure down and in, in how you're actually breathing through your nose, so like it normalizes the pressure as you're going through. Whereas when you're breathing through your mouth, it's a, a lot different. Yeah, it, it does. Your mouth is literally the panic button. 
that's like that that's what your mouth is um it it increases oxygen uptake at a cell level by up to i think it's eight to twelve percent purely by nasal breathing because of that extra resistance so you are because of the resistance you're increasing the carbon dioxide level in your blood which is letting the oxygen get out so by just switching to that um and then one of the one of the paradoxes to this is I talk about this for an hour and then it's like, okay, let's go do a conscious connected breath session where it's all through the mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think and um again, I guess excuse my ignorance, but if if there's a like I guess probably the, the biggest thing that I see people deal with and you're probably the same is is stress. Is there any like quick fire tips that you can give straight off the bat that people can do that if they find themselves in a oh shit I'm stressed situation I need to sort of level myself out like what they can do to sort of control their breathing as a you can go and do this actual tip right away and it will help yeah step one is if you're noticing it you're ahead of 90% of the people because so many people are just running in that high stress all the time like blah, 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 and, they, and, and that's normal um, whenever you're stressed what you're looking to do is Put your tell your body that you're safe. If you need to be stressed, like if you're actually under threat, you don't want to if be you're relaxing. Being by a bar, then it's fine. Fucking go! Like if it's just an imaginary perceived threat, which could be anything. Shit! I forgot to email Ben back, and I'm lying in bed, and it's like your heart rate jacks and everything goes. Like that's not a threat, but your body perceives it exactly the same way. Um, slowing the breath down is the most powerful way to calm everything down. It's it's what you're you're switching on the parasympathetic nervous system. The simple six seconds in, six seconds out, really powerful breath. Um, four seconds in, six seconds out, really powerful. Um, box breathing, if you are, so that'll be, say, four seconds in, hold for four seconds, four seconds out, uh, hold for four seconds, do that in a loop. If that's too easy, go five seconds. If it's too hard, go three seconds. Um, but it's slowing the breath. Down. Sorry, I think you're muted there, Dave. Yeah, sorry. When would you recommend applying um, those types of of exercises, and what are the best you know tools that we can give to our, our listeners for incorporating some of those breathing techniques into what they're doing from a routine perspective or throughout the day? When's the best time to to, to go through something like this? And, and obviously, you know, you do this with with your uh, um, folks that you work with um, on a regular basis. You know, are there some tools and tips that you can give give folks for that? Yeah. Uh, again, it comes down to what you're trying to achieve on the like on the 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 last five 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 session of the day was originally designed and it still is designed for whenever you know whenever more america's in canada people to give an extra time slot for for you so guys. explain explain five 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 really quick literally five minutes of breath work uh, just not quite conscious connected breathing but a little bit you're just getting that little buzz the little tingle five minutes of meditation so that's just bringing your awareness into the body slowing everything down just the main point of the meditation is to realize that all we have is this moment. You can stress about tomorrow and the thing you said at the bar five years ago, or, you know, the conversations you have yourself about the, the way you used to act or how you were. None of that's productive. Uh, you know, this is the only moment we have. This is the only moment I can move the needle on my business, on my body and my marriage anywhere is this moment. Um, it's very easy to be, to make all the plans for tomorrow or to worry and stress about the quarter deadline or the targets. The point of the meditation is subtly to just keep coming back to this moment, come back into the body and to realize that you're not your thoughts. It's very easy to run down that super death spiral of negative thoughts. It's like, but then you realize whenever you, oh, hold on a second. I'm, I'm thinking, 
and I come back to my breath. And then from that, then you take control of the situation again. And then the five minutes of gratitude journaling, it's simply grab a journal, grab a pen, and what can you express gratitude for? If you do it at the end of the day, I ask people to stick down a few wins as well. Because it's, if you're not recording small wins, it's very easy to think nothing happened today. You know, this I think conversation will be going down as a win. In a year's time, I'll look back and be like, ah, oh, yeah, that was fucking excellent. Well, and what's what's great about it, I think the the five 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 approach is, you know, it, it is it is scientifically backed too. I mean, you look at, um, I listened to the Huberman Labs podcast, which is a, a no way we didn't know that he yeah. had never mentioned. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, he he talks about how you know just by expressing gratitude changes your neural pathways into being a more gracious person, which is infectious, right? Um, we as human beings enjoy people complimenting us or saying you're doing a great job or things to that effect and vice versa, you know, so for our own mental health, having positivity and reflecting on positivity is a big thing. Also spending time just recognizing what's going on in ourselves and, and that calm and that ability to detach ourselves from technology and all the distractions that we have uh, day in and day and letting our body know, hey, everything is okay. There's no stressors here at this point in time uh, to really, you know, calm yourself, calm your body and calm your mental state. And then, you know, backing up, you know, I'm going backwards, but, you know, the, the breathing exercises to get you to that point and to, you know, bring that oxygen to your body to go through it to that, that level of, of, um, uh, of, of tranquility and being able to get down to that, that, you know, peace of mind. So all those things I think play really well together. And, you know, what's 15 minutes out of a day, you know, that's, that's 1%. nothing. 1% of your day, you know, for, you know, uh, a very positive outlook on life, a very positive and relaxed, calm feeling that you've probably never experienced before. And you get into some cyclical effect of that, and it can have a monumental impact. I get, like you said, in your business and what you do on a regular basis. Um, I think those are all positive things that you can do regularly. Yeah. I think that, you know, I, and you, Dave, you'll know this from the check-in sheet and I have a bit in the check-in sheet, like a headspace bit, and it's like gratitude, journaling, meditation, breath work. Mine's, mine's always zero, by the way. I need, I need yeah. to get better. And I, I know, <laughs> I know the people look at it being like, fuck, all right, like who's this maniac? But, and I also like, I'm like, I don't practice or do these things all the time, but I'm like, sometimes I will, if I feel like I need to gratitude, I have done for a very long time. And I, I definitely do believe in it, but you know, I put them in there because it's like, okay, right. You know, you're going to come with, cause you want to look different or feel different or whatever it is. But I definitely think there's this stuff is, is very worthwhile to do in the way that you sort of put that together, the way that it's sort of timed, obviously, you know, the times are based in the UK, I have it up here in front of me. I'm not like memorizing the times that you do, but you know, you can sort of set yourself up for the day and then sort of close the day out. Or as you said, with different time zones, you can sort of, you know, yeah. be or any of the guys over there will be able to set themselves up for the day based on, on the times. Yeah. Cause that's like at the minute it's predominantly UK people join the last call of the day. So I've changed that. And like, I just do real, like slowing the system down, breathing for that. Like whatever stage we get, you know, more Americans and more Canadians on then we'll bring it back to normal breathing. But it's at the minute, it's a down regulator. You can charge your system up, you can slow your system down. Um, and that's where we, you know, we spend five or six minutes slow breathing. Again, it's, it's not easy, it's a bit challenging, but I'm, I'm guiding it, not doing it, so it's easier for me. Uh, put them through it and then just the body, you're, you're telling the body, you know what? You can slow down, you can unwind, you can relax. And then you're moving into a very gentle meditation and then moving into very gentle gratitude or wins. And I think that, that, you know, I guess the, the main thing about it is, you know, when do you ever take only 15 minutes to focus on those things or think or slow down or just stop 
wondering what the fuck's going on around you and like actually just check in with yourself and i think you know as you said about people who are stressed they just run on that sort of adrenaline of being stressed what's the next thing have i done this have i picked the kids up from school what i have to do tomorrow blah blah blah, blah. and they don't actually stop and go what's going on with me like what happened today do you know what i mean it's just like day by yeah. day by day by day the the one thing i have consistently seen anytime i do a, like a, a drop in for a business or a coaching group and it's a you know almost like a private session is the line i didn't know i needed that that comes up every time someone says it every single time it's like whoa didn't realize i was running on empty <laughs> yeah i think that's good and obviously i mean I, I wanted to touch on your uh your i think it was last week was it your thursday win from last week oh yeah <laughs> the call so i think it's a good a good way for us to close out yeah the the thursday one i've been meaning to do more of those it was i had a phone call from my nurse specialist in dublin basically saying uh, sean completely forgot about you uh how is everything? Are you okay? And I, I was building guarded furniture and I was like, Magella, yeah, how are you? I'm fine. How's things in Dublin? She's like, can we get an appointment booked in soon? I was like, we can, of course, as long as I have two weeks notice to get someone booked in to cover the 555 slots. Uh, we're, we're happy days. But it was um, one of those phone calls where you realize, wow, is this how far I've come? And I said, like I said, this lady at the time literally knew the frequency of my bowel movements. She, she knew to the milliliter what I was peeing every day. Um, so, yeah. Just uh, one of those moments you of made super, it. super gratitude and yeah. Yeah. Good, good. I mean, it's been, awesome. you know, obviously I've, I've followed you, I guess, probably about a year and I, so it's good to sort of see how things have progressed and everything you're doing from a business side. Um, yeah. I guess the where can people find you question has to help, has to happen. Yeah. Uh, Instagram underscore Sean Doherty. So S-H-A-U-N-D-O-H-E-R-T-Y. Uh, the 555club.co.uk. Uh, if you stick a, if you stick a message in there, that comes straight into my inbox. I haven't linked that. That comes to my. I still haven't linked the five 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 club email up. It's still annually, which needs to go, which will be going. Um, yeah, and LinkedIn is LinkedIn.com forward slash the five 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 club. Or if, cool. you into, the... if you go into Ben's profile and search Sean S H A U N, you'll you'll see me there. And you're on Twitter. I don't know. That's a, a new thing because I've been hanging out on Twitter. Yeah, no, I, I, Twitter I, I, I'm, I'm more of a lurker on Twitter and, <laughs> and I need to up the game there. Yeah, I'll obviously put all the links in the show notes and whatever else. Um, and again, you know, well, thanks for coming on. Um, and thanks for everything you do with yeah, coming absolutely on the and whatever else. And I'm going to say you'll be on next week, but whenever this is released, it will be tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so if anybody who is a client who is listening, be on the fucking call tomorrow night <laughs> because you will not regret it. <laughs> I'm going to join that one as well, just because uh, I, I enjoy those those experiences. I learn something new every time too. I think the first one we were uh, uh, in a grassy field, and then we started climbing a mountain, and then oh, uh, really? you know, the, oh, 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 spoiler alert! Sorry, but it's, it's coming out next. Coming out next week, so we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Right. Anything to add, John? You want to close out? No, just thank you so much, fellas. This has been incredible, and uh, yeah, really inspiring. Following both your journeys, you know, from, from the shadows. Congratulations on all of your success and uh, defeating cancer and, you know, the healthy lifestyle you come on. And then the most important part is you're out there helping others. And I think that's that's an incredible thing um, that uh, from a gratitude perspective, uh, you, you can take away. So uh, appreciate everything you do as well. Yeah, well, it, it really does mean a lot. Thank you so much. No worries. And I guess I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, for sure. Thanks take for care, coming fellas. On. Cheers, guys. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, take care.